Becoming a first-time leader is tough. Fortunately, I found Teams Global. Teams Global equips me with the tools that I need to be a great first-time leader at a price I can actually afford. With Teams Global, I can be the leader that my team needs me to be. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Welcome to this week's episode of Building Teams with Teams & Co. We are looking forward to this week's episode because we have special guests from the Humane Society of York County. So it's a double episode for Mike and I today. We've got Mary Beth, the president of the board, and Megan, the rescue manager. Megan, uh, Mary Beth, thank you for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to see you both. And I think you guys have a, a third guest there as well. Don't, what's the name of the third guest that we have? Her name is Avril Levine. <laughs> we always but. have a special guest. And uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast and not watching, Avril is a little kitten uh, versus the actual famous singer. So we're uh, we're excited to have a special guest on the video podcast. <laughs> she still loves skater boys. They were telling us in the pre-show. <laughs> so, well, Mary Beth, Megan, Avril, Welcome in. Uh, we're so excited to have you guys. Um, I guess we'll, we'll start by just giving you the floor. Could you tell us a little bit more about your organization, uh, what you all do on a day in, day out basis, what, what your mission is, and and how you serve the animals uh, that come into your care? You want me to start? Yeah, you go. Okay. <laughs> so our mission is to um, give a second chance to the abandoned animals in our area. And our area includes uh, York County, but it also spans out a little bit to the Charlotte area as well. Um, and we do various things to, to accomplish that. They come in the door, um, either by a stray, uh, owner surrenders, those that come from animal control so that we can save them from any, uh, kill shelter, um, unfortunately, um, but that exists. So we, we do that very much to pull them and keep them alive. We want to give them a good second chance, but to do that, it takes a lot. So it takes a, a great staff that Megan runs. It takes a thrift shop that we have um, that funds us. Uh, Pre-COVID, it was funding us at 60%. We have fundraising events. We have everything's run separately from our staff by volunteers, including myself. I'm a volunteer. And the dedication is amazing, but we need more. Well, Mary Beth, well, hopefully our uh, our listeners, we have a special uh, hashtag that we use with our listeners called Ask Teams. So it's ASK. T-E-A-M-E-S. This episode, obviously, if you guys have suggestions, you can use Ask Teams and, um, you know, throw those suggestions out and we'll, we'll share those with Mary Beth and Megan. But I think, Mary Beth, I think you raise a really good point, which is, you know, there's so many wonderful nonprofits out there doing great work day in and day out. But obviously, it is hard work, right? And it's a, it's a labor of love for all of you there at the Humane Society of York County in giving these animals a, a safe and healthy place to, to kind of find their forever home, so to speak. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what you do with your teams to kind of help them, right? They're, they're, this is hard work, but um, specific ways that you like to support the new team members that join or, or team members that have been with you for a while? A lot of it is just day-to-day -day things. Um, a lot of our volunteers are fabulous. They bring us, sometimes we get lunch once a week. Just little things like that really help our employees just feel like they're appreciated. 
Um, today we got lots of fruit and um, cake. So that was great. We enjoyed that. Um, so it's just very little things that really kind of help us keep going. That's So how many uh, employees to volunteers do you guys typically have? And, and it sounds like you do need some help and some support. How, uh, what does that look like in an ideal world? Uh, how many volunteers would you have working with you guys on a you know daily or a weekly basis? Yeah, dog walking, it's kind of broken up into sec- sections. So we have those that are trained dog walkers, you know, they've, they've proven themselves, they've done some uh, community hours and um, taken a class. So going back to dog walkers, there's special training for that. There is a number of maybe 20, I want to say, maybe less. We, in a perfect world, I think if we had 25 regulars, mm-hmm. those that kept those hours on a regular basis, even if it's one day a week, if they stayed the four hours time frame in the morning and, and walked the dogs in series, that would be tr- a tremendous help. The same goes for other volunteers. There's volunteers that wash clothes, do dishes. The morning section is really from 8 a.m. till 12 is a really big area where we could use some assistance because that kind of aids the staff since we're lacking on, on numbers aids the staff in just getting the job done and the animals really good attention. Yeah. And how many staff do you have working there as well? I think we have 10 total right now. And ideally we'd have about 14. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No, it sounds like you guys have a great model in terms of kind of having that integrated team where you have, you know, a lot of, a lot of volunteers kind of supporting the the staff and, I was a, a dog walker at the shelter that I that I adopted my pup from, but also way back when I lived in Oregon, um, I volunteered at the the Oregon Humane Society doing a similar thing, and we used to have those four-hour shifts, and the thing I liked the most about it in terms of, A, you'd get that great time with the pups, and, you know, they, they wanted to get out and stretch their legs after a long night, right, they, you know, and then you'd also have kind of the same team, right, and so you might have the same people who would come in on a Wednesday morning from, you know, I think there it was a little earlier, it was like 7 to 11 or something, but I just remember I used to have to wake up really early, so I feel like it was earlier (laughs) than 8. But (laughs) it was fun because you'd get to see the same people every week and you'd get to, you know, know the dogs and and hopefully the dogs were finding homes really quickly. So, you know, you only, you know, you, you got to see them for a few weeks, hopefully, and then they were adopted. But that team camaraderie, I really remember um, from my days back in Oregon of of just having that kind of community feel around, hey, we're all here on the same day, giving back to this mission. And I'm sure you hear that a lot from your volunteers as well. Yes. And they those that get connected, we really want that. We want them to get find that connection and tie because that means they want to be here and it's really good for our animals. It's just finding them. It's finding that commitment. Yeah. So of the the volunteers and the employees that you guys have, so, you know, Tracy and I work with a lot of different organizations and we are so fortunate to speak with so many incredible people on this podcast. And, and one of the things that I think is a consistent theme in all the conversations is finding the right teammates, whether that's in your case, a mix of volunteers and employees. Other times we're talking to consultants who work as external members of a team working with a client. Uh, organization. And in all of those, you have a consistent theme of you bring in a a group of people who have a diversity of skill sets and uh, experiences and thoughts that they can contribute to an overall 
uh, organization or vision that's larger than themselves. Can you talk a little bit about the the skill sets and and maybe the mission alignment that you guys are looking for as you bring in both volunteers and employees into your organization? We look for various things like event planning. We look for media people, photographers. There's a such a wide, vast array of talents that we can actually put to work. Matter of fact, one of the things I constantly said, if you breathe, I'll, I'll find something for you. <laughs> if you're breathing, I'll find your job. So um, we'll find that talent and then adjust it accordingly. We aren't that tight on what we hold dear. You know what I mean? We will share those jobs. For the staff, yes, obviously the love of animals is first, but a very close second is you have to work hard. We are running from the minute we get in until we leave. So you have to be able to keep up and be positive because that's also a huge part. You have to stay positive constantly because we also see lots of emotional cases. We see heartache. We see people who aren't very friendly sometimes. So you have to be positive and be able to work and focus on the babies the whole time. Veterinary services and and rescue services is like one of the top rated businesses that have a high rate of suicides and things like that, showing the the mental and emotional impact is huge. You know, when we have to make a call and put a baby down, it affects everyone. And it's it's something that you go home with every day. You go home. And so it affects your family and your life at home. So we have to really encourage each other a lot. Yeah. It sounds like you certainly have a great family feel where you guys can come together and, you know, families love each other, uh, but sometimes, you know, get into disagreements and, and arguments. And it sounds like you guys have that that close knit community where you truly do sound like a family and a team. Um, you mentioned before little things like like having food and cake and you know, maybe going out and doing activities together. Can you talk a little bit more about how you come together as a family of volunteers and employees um, and, and the other sort of activities that you guys do, knowing that it is such a, a difficult job that carries some emotional weight with it? Sure. So we try to do a lot of on-site parties as much as possible um, and then keep it tied into our needs. So last month we had a foster party. So we showed appreciation to all of our fosters, invited all the volunteers. So that was fun. It was a luau. We try to have as many things as we can on-site so we can all be together but also still be with the babies. At the thrift shop, we do luncheons. The thrift shop is a different demographics as far as our volunteers. They're a little older, those that may have retired and, and can spend time in a retail environment doing different shifts, cashiers, processors, clothing processors, etc. But we come together for lunches. We had to take a break, unfortunately, for COVID. So we're picking that back up again. We get together as often as we can, honestly. We do. We need to We need to kind of regroup sometimes and have fun. One of the ideas they came up with is uh, yoga. Is a cat or dog this time? We have cat yoga tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> Wow. Be- <laughs> I've heard of goat yoga, but never cat yoga. So uh, I, I like I like this. <laughs> It'll be very exciting. It sounds like you have a great team. And to Mike's point, it sounds like you're, you know, you're really, you know, kind of close knit. And the thing I love hearing about that so much is we talk to organizations around creating that camaraderie, right? Uh, in the business world, and I'm sure in the nonprofit world, and, and, and you guys have such a, a big job of, you know, caring for these animals um, you know, there's ups and downs with that, right? But having that close knit team that you can rely on, um, you know, I'm sure it just makes that that load a little bit easier when the when the hard days come. But 
One of the other things we've heard from nonprofit partners that we've interviewed is kind of what does that extended team look like in terms of community partners? And I'm sure, you know, you and your team work with a lot of other great organizations to kind of either put on these events or support animals in in unique ways and making sure that so many animals find loving homes. So could you talk a little bit about how you kind of work with partners, how how those partnerships have kind of come about and and what that's like for, for you in terms of helping you achieve your mission? Absolutely. There's there's several. So with fundraising, there's um, the community of, of businesses that we solicit for vendors or uh, sponsorships. There's a lot of regulars, and we'd love to expand and, and have ideas on how to open that up. This year, we expanded to, to include corporate sponsorships and other levels of sponsorships, like sponsor a spay-neuter, sponsor um, a, a heartworm treatment, things like that. It really hasn't taken off, but it could be that it's just new, so we're going to try to we're going to try to show that a little differently. But other things that that we do is um, a spay neuter clinic. And do you want to talk about the couple? So we do have a few clinics in the area. They're already low cost clinics, but we partnered with them to offer it even lower pricing for people. Um, so just to hopefully get everybody spay neutered in the community, because obviously that's where the problem starts is with pets not being spay neutered. Um, so we do probably about. 55 or 60 maybe surgeries a month right now, but it's picking up a lot now that COVID is opening everything back up. Um, so we do a lot of spay-neuter for the community, and with those two clinics, they help us do a low cost for them. So they're great. Um, we work with our animal controls really well in the area. Um, besides us just taking pets from them, we have open communication. They will call us if they hear of anything, like if somebody adopts a dog and something happens out in the community, they call and give us a heads up and say, just want you to know about your former adopter. Um, so we have a great relationship with animal control as well. And animal control is in various areas. Mm-hmm. So uh, York, Clover, Lancaster. Lancaster. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of a different animal controls. Well, I'll put our, I'll put our listeners uh, to the, to the test right now. Uh, Mary Beth, when you guys do figure out your, your repositioning of how sponsors can kind of, you know, uh, support either spay neuter clinics or heartworm treatments or whatever that looks like in a more of what we would consider kind of a product-based fundraising. You let us know. We'll, we'll share that with our audience and hopefully we can get some of the business leaders that listen to our podcast, uh, involved in supporting the great work that you're doing to, to help care for these animals. Thank you. The other thing that I'd, I'd ask is you guys are so busy, as you've mentioned a couple times, doing so many different things from the day-to-day tasks of of running your organization, serving so many different animals, organizing the integration of employee volunteer efforts, working with community partners like you just mentioned. What advice or guidance would you give to other business leaders who, you know, maybe working on different tasks, but struggling to execute and juggle so many different priorities? Um, What has worked well for you and for your teams? And and that could be processes that you've put in place to, to help you manage. That could be you know, hiring practices to make sure that you're bringing on good people uh, that are aligned and, and competent and capable. It could be anything, but but how have you found the ability to to run and be effective in spite of all of the challenges that you've mentioned so far? Um, the first thing that comes to my mind for me personally is I'm not one to delegate very well. Um, so I think finding the right people and being able to delegate things, um, like we have a great volunteer coordinator. So if we want to do something with a volunteer, we just text her very quickly and say, we want to do a party. And she helps us get a party together. 
Um, so I think finding those people that are awesome and then delegating to them what needs to happen. Um, we have a new community outreach program we're doing. So we're going to take food out to the community who can't drive up here to get food or feed their pets. So we have that building. Um, so I think delegating is a big one for me to the right people and finding them. And on the same note is flexibility. Um, being that we're an independent nonprofit, we can adjust accordingly. And we do. If something doesn't work, we change it and we try other things that can work. Same on the, the legal side of it. You know, if, if we learn something new, we adjust accordingly for our contracts and our, our processes. So we're, we're pretty flexible. That's great. I, I like two things and I'm sure Mike has picked up other things um, that you guys have said. But the, the thing I like that you were saying, Megan, around the food delivery is uh, I love that your organization is thinking about it holistically, right? You're saying, okay, how do we keep pets that are in homes in those homes by maybe helping with food deliveries and access to resources so we can prevent them having to come to a shelter? And then I love your ideas around how your organization continuously learns from the things that you're doing, right? So not just being stuck in, hey, this is the way we do things, but okay, we tried that. Maybe it didn't work. Let's try this other thing. And I think those are two great lessons for all organizations, right? How do we get ahead of things? How do we maybe prevent some of those challenges? And then also, okay, well, maybe maybe we tried something and it didn't work. How do we adjust from there and, and continuously get better? So I, I love both of those. Definitely yeah. want to learn from your mistakes. <laughs> and we do. We do. <laughs> we learn. Yeah, I, I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. How do you go about that process of do you have a weekly stand up meeting or how do you go about learning from the mistakes that you observe in the course of, you know, daily operations? Well, I think that because we're sm so small, we talk all the time. I yes. mean, all the time. <laughs> so it's a on the fly, constantly adjusting, constantly addressing issues, um, Transparency, you used that word earlier. Truth, truly, transparency is everything for us. Uh, keep it open, keep it going, change as you can, get it documented, and then move on. <laughs> the minute we document, sometimes we're changing it. <laughs> One of the things that I've found, both in my career and, and we've heard you know, some, from some other guests on this podcast even, is when there's a decision or when there's a, an idea that somebody has, often there's pride of ownership in that idea, how do you manage that if, you know, maybe one of you has an idea that you think is going to work really well, and then you later learn, oh man, that didn't work like, like I thought it would. Um, how do you manage the emotions personally in order to come to the right decision if you do need to iterate or change for the organization? I would say that one more applies to <laughs> thrift shop. Um, our thrift shop, we have people who get very involved and it's it's fantastic. But that ownership does come into play and sometimes feelings can get hurt. It, it is an ongoing thing. I think it's it's such a personal, person-to-person -person communicating. We try to head it, hit it on, you know, head on and, and try to come up with solutions. Pretty much saying there's, there's no bad thing going on with us. We're always going to try to fix things. Um, sometimes it doesn't work, but we try. <laughs> So Mary Beth, I love what you're saying there, which is, you know, you're, you're recognizing, and I think leaders, this is really valuable for all leaders who are listening is to, to recognize that people who are coming up with ideas, whether they're volunteers or, or staff members, they're doing it from a place of, of caring about the organization, right? They're aligned with the mission. They're excited. And, and to Mike's point, sometimes some of our ideas, like, you know, I'll come up with ideas that don't work as well. We all do. 
but just recognizing, hey, we're all trying to do that together. And I love your kind of constant feedback model where you're checking in all the time. We we often say on this podcast and with our clients, you know, it doesn't need to be all these formal meetings. You just need to be able to kind of constantly stay in touch, make it informal. And then the other thing I don't want to get lost, because you said it, you said it kind of at the end is you document. And I think that's a super valuable lesson for everybody who's listening is if you agree to something and you agree to change a process or ch- do something differently in the future, documenting that is a really, really valuable way to make sure everybody's on the same page, right? And and to your point, Mary Beth, you, you may choose it and you may change it again very quickly, but that documentation trail helps everybody on the team stay aligned. So really love that point. Absolutely. I want to dig in before we get too far away and, and I... I would underscore everything that Tracy just said. But Megan, earlier you were mentioning, you know, a lot of the lessons that you've been learning about delegation. And that's something that we think about all the time. And it's such a challenge for those of us that do have very strong feelings and opinions and beliefs about our own organizations. It can be really difficult to let go and and delegate and give some some authority to somebody else. Can you walk us through your process and and any guidance that you would give to our listeners about how you've grown maybe in your appreciation for delegation or or in your practices of of how to do it well? Um, I don't know about do it well, but I have learned just to do it. I, like I said, have always been a control freak. I like to do everything myself, but since learning to delegate, it's been much easier. Um, and kind of what we were just talking about is if I delegate someone to come up with an idea, if it doesn't work, then we just move on. Um, I work with them to try to fix it. We get a different game plan. Um, but it also gives, especially the employees, a lot of pride in what they're doing. They feel like their input is actually valid, which it is. So that's always been great. I think they, the employees really appreciate getting tasks delegated to them. I also think it helps gain an appreciation for the steps involved in doing things. You know, when someone else has an opinion or would like to take something over, it gives them an appreciation and how much work is behind it and how much follow-up and how much, you know, goes into it versus their view of it potentially initially, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think having, and it's also an opportunity for new ideas, Mm -hmm. you know, other eyes, other experiences always adds new um, exposure, but it can be so positive. Um, And then you can pick and choose what's good. Yeah. We often talk about there's, there's a, a lot of personal benefits to learning to be an effective delegator. And then there's a lot of organizational benefits. And I think you guys articulated several of those really well, you know, from a personal perspective, oh my gosh, Megan, you mentioned it almost with a sigh of relief when you're able to delegate something and say, okay, this is off my plate. It's taken care of from somebody else that I trust is a huge win for you personally. For the organization, what we find often is when we encourage leaders to put in in place different delegation practices and and leaders become more intentional about it, they find, oh my gosh, my employees, or in your case, many times your volunteers, I'm sure, they're so much more engaged because it's their opinions and their ideas and their thoughts that are moving the organization forward. And, And we're all just intrinsically more bought into our own ideas than we are to somebody else's. You also have other new ideas when you when you invite an inflow of new ideas from from your from your people inevitably your organization is going to be more innovative and is going to is going to be coming up with with more things as a team we truly can do more than any of us can individually so i love the fact that 
Megan, it sounds like you're being very intentional and thoughtful about delegating, recognizing some of the both personal benefits and the the benefits for the organization by doing so, even though it's really hard and and I know can seem uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think one of the things I know that we've been chatting a lot about teams and about all the great work you you are you all are doing to support your teams. But want to also learn a little bit more about what's coming up for you. So I know before we got started, we were chit-chatting a little bit and you were mentioning there's there's some events coming up and uh, a calendar uh, fundraiser. And so we'd just love to share with our audience all the amazing things that you and your team have organized that are that are coming up for your organization. You hit it on the head. It's very, it's very fluid. Um, so tomorrow we have a cat yoga. We also have our pop hike. So a pop hike is where our volunteers, this is kind of fun, our volunteers who are approved for dog walking will take out almost every dog out of this facility that can go out and take them to Riverwalk, which is a, a nice walk path that um, is in Rock Hill. And they have the exposure, they've, they've communicated it, they go online to encourage folks who might be interested in those those dogs to come and meet them out there. So they have the, the day out away from the shelter. They have the time exercising. They have the potential of meeting somebody that falls in love with them. And the list goes on. So that's once a month. Then they, then we do the yoga. And then we're going to have other things come up just because it's fun. We'll probably have puppy yoga. We'd love a goat. We'd love goat yoga, but we just don't take any goats. <laughs> so we might hire one. I don't know. <laughs> it would, it would definitely entertain the staff. <laughs> I, I think puppy yoga will be popular enough. <laughs> I don't know. Goat and a donkey. I, that, might be, <laughs> that might really put them over the edge. <laughs> um, and other things is in the fall, we do um, our Dog Gone Good Time Festival. And that is normally at the end of September, but we've moved it into mid-October in hopes of it not being so hot. We want people to not pass out. So we've adjusted the date and hopefully everything moves forward there. And we do things on the fly. So we get great ideas from the staff. They have such a tight relationship with our volunteers here. And I kind of bring in the volunteers from the thrift shop. And we, we try to adjust events that way. So stay tuned. We'll definitely communicate. Our, our best way of communication is Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we put it out there as, as much as we possibly can to get, get exposure. Well, we will definitely share your Facebook information in the show notes. So anybody who's listening and wants to follow up on these events or wants to reach out in terms of volunteering, we will definitely share all the contact information. That way you can you can reach out to the Humane Society of York County and, and hopefully get involved or come out to one of the pup walks or, or one of the events. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure Megan and Mary Beth would both love to see you out there. <laughs> or go do yoga with, with Avril Lavigne. <laughs> he can be on your back. Um, if you have allergies to animals, I hear this all the time. I can't, I wish I could come and be with the animals. The thrift shop is an awesome way to benefit the animals without having the exposure to the animals. So you don't, you don't have the whole, I'm going to take everything home because I fall in love so easily, but it's a retail shop. You can be a cashier. You can do all these things that benefit the shop. And then every dollar except our expenses comes to these animals. And just to say it, cause it's my job, it costs $58,000 a month to do what we do. And so it's a lot of money. And we are independent, so we have to make our own money. There's nothing trickling down. And so all the help we can get is greatly appreciated. 
Awesome. Well, we will definitely share any events that come up. Keep an eye out because uh, we will be sharing updates that both Megan and Mary Beth share with us. So uh, our volunteers will know uh, what's happening out there. If you're not in the you know South Carolina, North Carolina area, you can't locally volunteer. You can find the Humane Society of York County online on their website, and they have uh, an opportunity there to donate or or like Mary Beth said, they'll be sharing some options for maybe sponsoring a spay neuter clinic. Megan and Mary Beth, we we can't thank you enough for joining us today. It's been really great to hear your perspective. Awesome to hear how you support your teams, how you gather feedback, how you stay agile as an organization, and and ultimately just really grateful for all the work you two do and and your team of volunteers and staff do to to help support animals. We're a we're a team of animal lovers here at Teams and Co. and just incredibly grateful for the work that you do day in and day out to to support finding loving homes for those animals that are in your care. So so thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Great. And we will post links, uh, like Tracy said, with this podcast. So for all of our listeners, please go check those out uh, today. There's no better time to do it than right now. And while you're doing so, uh, be sure to give us a thumbs up, uh, a comment, and to share the Building Teams with Teams & Co. podcast with your friends and family. We engage with leaders like Mary Beth and Megan every week and love having these conversations. I've learned so much from them and and really believe that this is just a tremendous resource. So hope that you're able to, to share it with your friends and family so that everybody can, can learn along with us. Megan, Mary Beth, thanks again so much for the time. It's amazing meeting you. And again, thank you for the work that you guys do day in and day out. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice.